Good evening and welcome to Get Real with Ralph. I am your humble host, Ralph Nudie, coming to you live from the studios of WLIP 1050 AM in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And simulcast live from Kenosha to the Canary Islands and everywhere else via YouTube at GetRealWithRalph.com. That's GetRealWithRalph.com. Do you ever feel like you're stuck in today's world in the middle? (laughs) If you do, you've arrived at the right place. You see, real people don't have platforms. (laughs) They have morals. They have values. And those values are as unique as fingerprints. Ladies and gentlemen, our thoughts have been hijacked. Our values have been appropriated and our fears? (laughs) Our fears are being exploited every day in an attempt to divide us. They divide us by color. They divide us by gender, by nationality, by sexual preference. Hell, they'll try to divide us by boxers or briefs. For the record, it's boxer briefs. I'm wearing gray ones today, in case anybody even gives a damn. But you know, the human mind is a strange and powerful tool. We're programmed to pattern our behavior, to be followers. And there's a reason for it. It keeps the hard work of trial and error at bay, and it was a way more efficient way to survive when our needs were more primal. But if you don't consciously select what to follow or who to follow in each and every situation, if you don't think for yourselves, it's super easy to fall into the path of least resistance and become part of that echo chamber. So if you're incapable of thinking for yourself, this might not be the show for you. If you've already settled into the orthodoxy of one of the two prevailing political points of view in this country, it might be too late for you. But then again, if you listen to me, maybe it won't be. If you approach your views as a sport between two teams, you're going to be offended by me no matter which team you play for because (laughs) I'm a free thinker. So let's face the real truth. They're all wrong. And they seem to be all wrong on almost every issue. Real compromise happens when nobody's really happy with the outcome, but everybody can live with it. And we put the people's needs first. When's the last time you've seen anybody in charge of anything do that? Anyone with even an ounce of common sense and the guts to admit it knows that neither side of the current system is right. The real truth is people have become brainwashed. Most people truly have no tolerance or the ability to change their mind on their views even when the facts prove otherwise. So here on Get Real with Ralph, I want to break this system. I want you to help me break it, because we really do have clowns to the left of us, (laughs) jokers to the right. So here I am, stuck in the middle with you. And we'll be back right after these words from our sponsors. All right, well, here we are back in the studios at WLIP. You're listening to Get Real with Ralph, and Get Real with Ralph is sponsored by the success team at EXP Realty. For all of your real estate buying and selling needs, you can speak with myself, Ralph Nudio, or my partner, Ben Gentile, by calling us at 262-656-7171. Or, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know what your house is worth because this market has been moving quickly, uh, you can get a free home value by just going to 
homevalue.com. That's 262homevalue.com. There will be a little form. You can fill out your address, putting your email address and your phone number. Don't worry. We, we don't give away your information. The only people you're going to hear from is either myself or, or my partner, Ben. But uh, we'll make sure that we send you out a free monthly report what your property is worth. And, uh, again, we can answer any of your real estate questions as well at 262-656-7171. That's the success team brokered by EXP Realty. So in the studio today, we have a couple of guests. We have Carrie Hemming, which is uh, with the uh, Fight and Exploitation, and also with the Racine Police Department. Carrie works on behalf of human trafficking victims all over the the country, and especially in our area. And we have Victor Serra, who is... uh, He's the role manager for the well-known strangers, but we've gotten to know each other a little bit here, and uh, he's a retired uh, Racine police officer and also seems to have some passion about this subject. And uh, some new things have, have, have developed in the last couple of weeks. So even though we spoke about the uh, horrors of human trafficking last week uh, with Betsy Aiden and the well-known strangers uh, and also simultaneously planned a charity event, which is going to be September 28th at Pinoyer Park, we're going to have an all-day music festival. Uh, but in addition to that, we found some new information that was coming along. Uh, Congressman Brian Stile was one of 14 co-sponsors that was completely bipartisan uh, that introduced some legislation uh, into the House of Representatives that hopefully it, it looks like it has enough support will pass that is aimed at cutting off the funding of the people that are involved in human trafficking. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And as a matter of fact, uh, at the... Uh, 8.30 break, Congressman Stow is supposed to be calling in, and we'll be able to ask him a couple of questions about that as well. Uh, and then we have um, Kathleen May is going to be in the uh, second hour, and uh, she's from Trisalki Quality Solutions, and she is a cannabis consultant. So uh, we're going to go straight from human trafficking to weed, so it sounds like we're talking about all the vices here tonight. So uh, buckle your seatbelts, might be a bumpy ride, and we might have a couple of different uh, opinions from different people, but that's... That's the whole point of getting real. Uh, last but not least, I have something very special for you guys. We've got a musical guest here tonight as well that is going to come and uh, uh, play some some songs for us, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. So we have with us Kai Anderson and Elizabeth Byshank. They've got a band called Spare Animals. They're they're a local musician, and we're going we're gonna to feature them in our Starving Artist segment later on today as well. Talk to them a little bit about their day jobs, what they do each and every day so that they can make a living so that they can pursue their real passion, which is music, uh, which is something that is uh, near and dear to the hearts of uh, us over here at GetReal.com, people pursuing their actual real passions. So uh, with that, uh, Victor, Kerry, uh of course, you get to lean in over there because you got one mic you're sharing. But welcome to the program. How are you guys doing this evening? Oh, we got to bring you up. We got to bring you up hot. I got to give Jim over there a little. Jim, I got to give you a little more warning, don't I? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's Jim Selovich. He is our on-air producer for the audio content here for GetReal.com. Yeah, and yeah. just throw me a couple curveballs, but... Uh... I'm catching on. Yeah, well, you know, I'm trying to throw a riser, you know, like the You're little, trying to little throw me yeah, a little chin music <laughs> underneath there. I'm, I'm just trying to, uh, I'm, I'm just rolling with the punches here. So, <laughs> Well, Jim can I, roll that because I, Jim's I, I th- a... Ra- I, hey, Ralph, I think by week three, I might be close to possibly being comfortable. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. I know we got, <laughs> we, we've got Ray now who uh, doesn't have a microphone, and he's not on camera today, but uh, he, he's hiding behind the camera. Ray is responsible for our video content streaming live on YouTube at GetRealWithRalph.com. So if you're seeing it, thank him, and if you're not seeing it, swear at him for me, will you? Because uh, I was before I went on the air, wasn't I, right now? 
<laughs> you can't hear me. He said, "Oh yeah, we had a few little technical difficulties there as well. We're we're just we're just getting our uh, sea legs underneath us here. <laughs> this new show. There were inanimate objects you were swearing at, my friend. Uh, yeah, I, I, I that's I was, okay. That's wor- okay. All words of the FCC. <laughs> there, there's a wipe off board with words that I can't say over on the side with FCC, and it changes mics, daily. As long as the mics aren't on, Ralph, you're okay. Just for the record, guys, I just wanted to know that uh, I gave Carrie the high chair, so she looks a lot taller than I am. Though I'm not a tall person, I'm not this short. <laughs> I'm not a tall man, but I know what height is. So, Carrie, welcome to the program. We're a bunch of silly guys uh, here, but uh, hopefully you'll, you'll fit in right with us, and uh, we'll get to some more serious subjects. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. So tell me about yourself. How did you end up with this as your primary, uh, I guess you could say, occupation or passion in life? My day job. Um, You know, it actually, in about 2014, I was working with a group called Dining for Women, and we had started a chapter in Racine, and it was about the same time that the Racine Police Department had also started investigating their first human trafficking case. And when human trafficking kept coming up over and over again in all these different countries, we kind of thought, well, what does this look like locally? What does it look like at home? Um, And we literally just Googled human trafficking in Racine, Wisconsin, and up popped the Dominican nuns. And they had been researching and looking at human trafficking for more than a decade. And so around the same time that the Racine Police Department started investigating, they were also talking to Chief Howe. Um, about getting more involved in human trafficking on a local level, and just it sort of just exploded from there. And the next thing I know, we have a 501c3 nonprofit, and we are just working hard and have been ever since. The Dominican nuns. The Dominican nuns. Um, you know, it's very fun to hear an 85-year-old woman talking about <laughs> pimps. And I can tell you that they know more An about An 85-year-old woman who has taken a vow of celibacy, nonetheless. If I was a pimp, I'd be very scared of them, to be honest. Y- yeah. Yeah, they're great. They're wonderful, and they've done so much for Racine and so much for the community and so much for us. We're very thankful. You know, it's this is something that I don't think people really grasped even five years ago. Correct. I mean, the conversation has just exploded in the last five years, and and that's one of the biggest things that we were trying to do is we really just want to get a conversation started about human traffic trafficking locally, um, because really education is the number one way to prevent it. So if, as long as we're talking about it and making people aware of it, it's actually creating a prevention and then sort of encompassing the community and some safety. So it's a good thing. Now, do you have some statistics on our local area as far as the average age? that a a young boy or girl is first trafficked, uh, how they fall into it, uh, the average, what ends up being the average outcome of that in their their lives, because I'm really more interested in finding out more on how it affects our local community. Well, you'd really have to start by asking, are we talking about sex trafficking or labor trafficking? Because the answer would be very different. But if we're talking about sex trafficking, the national average is about 14 years old. And I would say that locally, um, probably between 14 and 16 is the average age of the victim we've seen. And just with fight and exploitation alone, we have worked with over 300 victims here in southeastern Wisconsin. 300 victims that are from Southeastern Wisconsin or trafficked to Southeastern Wisconsin or a little bit of both? A little bit of both. But I would say that most of our uh, sex trafficking victims are homegrown. There are boys and girls that are in our neighborhood. Um, there are teenagers that are in our schools, in our communities, in our churches. And who's perpetrating the trafficking? Who is perpetrating the trafficking? Yeah. How, well, how, how is this happening? 
Well, it's really, it's just a consumer need. Um, it's filling a gap. There, there is a need. There are buyers that want to buy sex. And so there are people that just take advantage of us. And so there are traffickers that know that, you know, they can traffic a victim over and over again. Whereas if you're trafficking a gun or a drug, you then have to go buy another gun or a drug in order to make money on it again. But if you have a human, you can use that person over and over and over again. So really, humans become a cheap commodity. That's just god-awful. It is. I don't, it is. I don't have any other words. Now, is there is there a large amount of labor trafficking going on in our area as well? There is. There absolutely is a large amount of labor trafficking. Um, and we're a big agricultural state, so there are a lot of migrant workers. And unfortunately, some of the trafficking can, can kind of come through that. What's the profile of somebody who has been trafficked or is being trafficked for labor in our area? How, how would you recognize that? You know, it's hard. It really is. Um, you start by first kind of asking that person where they're from. You know, are they holding their own identification? Do they do they have a visa to be able to work in this country? Um, a lot of times the labor trafficking victims do come from other countries. And so we have to really be able to recognize where they're working. Are they on the farms? Are they working in hospitals, you know, cleaning cleaning beds or cleaning um, in different restaurants? Um, are they in nail salons? Are they in massage parlors? So really, there are so many industries that we can find labor trafficking victims. It's not just agriculture. So it is kind of a hidden crime. It is hard to find. Are, would you say that the overwhelming majority of them are people that uh, have been brought to this country from other countries with the promise of the American dream and they end up being the American slave? Is that really, is, is that really an accurate depiction of the majority of, of labor traffic victims? When we're talking about migrant workers that are coming in to do agricultural work, there are a lot of temporary work agencies along the southern borders of our country that are bringing these people in um, very legally, and they are applying for these visas and being able to work. But unfortunately, the visas, what they do is only allow you to work in a very specific place. And so sometimes these agencies will take the workers to different states and different farms that the visas are not um, set up for, and that's in turn where you kind of find some of that um, trafficking can happen when you're paying somebody such menial and in you know wages, and you're not providing proper health care, proper shelter, um, access to medication. Um, it really can happen just that easily. And are they having violence perpetrated against them if they don't perform? Are they how, how are they able to break the cycle and get out of it? Are they just putting up with it because they think that they don't have any other options? How are they able to maintain? that level of control over another human being in this day and age when the overwhelming majority of society wouldn't stand for it if they knew? A lot of it has to do with, if we're talking about people who are in our country who are foreigners, um, you know, they're taught to fear law enforcement. Maybe in their own countries, law enforcement is corrupt. Um, so ding, ding, ding. I wish I had a... Which had a button for that. Go on, but I I, I want to hit on that fear of law enforcement. It is. It, there is a fear. There is a fear that you know they're going to be deported, and even if the the conditions are poor that they're in here in this country, there is a good chance that they are still making more money than they'd be making in their own country, or they're fearful that the people that are using them are going to go back to their country and hurt their family. So there is there's a lot of fear that used in manipulation. I, I believe that the fear is is, is happening everywhere. Uh, if, if you look at this this unnatural fear of police that has really grown, and, and Vic, you can probably speak to this. How long have you been retired? About three years now. About three years. So you started to see the beginning of the rise of the fear of, I mean, the real actual fear of and violence toward police officers that I don't think was really prevalent when I was younger and, and involved uh, in, in law enforcement as a young man. Yeah, through the evolution of my career of 25 years um, 
it's, it's been crazy if you ask me, because when I first started, um, it was yes, sir, no, sir, um, to an officer. Sure. Uh, very seldom would anybody talk back to you. Uh, nowadays, it's not even. I really that. truly believe that this movement afoot and Black Lives Matters is part of it. I'm sorry to say uh, this movement afoot to make people distrust, <laughs> hate, fear police officers. Uh, and especially people of color, especially people that are immigrants, is designed to divide. It is. It's designed to divide us further. It's designed to create the system where there is no trust and there is chaos. Because when you have chaos, bad actors can thrive. Yeah, I agree with that um, somewhat. Um, I also um, say that um, mothers and fathers of children instill that in them when they're younger. Sure, um, but they're getting their to be information. Afraid of police officers. And that's been that was always the case a little bit, but I feel like it's gotten pushed. I feel like even the mothers and fathers are getting they're they're getting propagandized. They're getting a little more more radicalized uh, as to how they feel about this. And I don't remember a time, and I mean, it's not like I'm as old as Moses, but I'm not a you know I'm not a young kid anymore either. I don't remember a time, at least in my lifetime, where there was I mean there was always a, a natural fear, maybe even a dislike of cops. I mean, how, heck, you know, I mean teenagers call them pigs even back in the you know in the 1980s, and it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing. But when a squad car pulled up and you started getting asked questions, it was you know yes sir, no sir, and you you, you exactly. acted you acted appropriately with respect. But and there were things going on in the community with law enforcement to really humanize the fact that these are these are men and women who are going to work every day, just like just like me, you know, just like uh, just like Carrie over here, and these are people that have families that they want to go home to. These are people that are just trying to pay their bills. These are people that probably got involved in that career in the first place, which is a career that makes less money, let's face it, than a lot of other careers because they really felt like they. They had this need to, to, I hate to say cliche, you know, serve and protect, but that really is what's on, I think, a young man or woman's mind when they say, I want to grow up and go into law enforcement. And you know you're going to take ridicule for even wanting to be that in this day and age. So it, it takes a special person. And then, there's a, of course, there's always a certain segment because law enforcement officers, soldiers, teachers, doctors, doesn't matter what it is, it ends up being a cross-section of culture. So you're always going to have a couple of bad actors. You're always going to have their, those one or two jagbag guys that, you know, got their lunch money taken and they got beat up every day in elementary school. And they say, I'm going to I'm going to show all these guys are going to go be a cop. And that's the problem. And because, we've all worked with them. Yeah. And Anybody every, who's every, in law enforcement yeah. has worked with, 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 with a prick like that. I don't know Does if I can, I can say that right. <laughs> pricker, pricker bush like that. It's your show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any profession. We know bad plumbers. I know bad electricians. I know bad doctors. I mean, of course. But when you get a bad police officer, it je- definitely um it's yeah it aggravates this whole situation it, it, it sucks for the it, it yeah. sucks for everybody else who got in it for 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 the good intentions and it's funny that an entire career of people can be categorized because a couple of them are bad actors sure and nobody sees anything wrong with that but if we were to say that there were a bunch of purple people who moved here from venus and a couple of purple people uh, have been breaking in and uh, stealing stuff from us, and everybody decided that they didn't like purple people anymore. There would be a huge backlash against it when really the two are the, exactly the same. You take any cross-section of culture, and you're going to have some bad actors. And if you add some desperation in there, it's going to become a little more apparent. And I don't know the answer to rebuilding trust between especially the, the, the lower rungs of socioeconomic uh, status in, in our country 
and, and the people in law enforcement so that they realize, and not, again, there's never going to be a love affair between uh, law enforcement and, uh, you know, your, your average 17-year-old boy who wants to run off and smoke a joint, but there's got to be a point where you get to this this understanding that well, we all have the same goal in mind at the end of the day, and that is we just want to live in safe streets. We want to be able to live our lives the way that we see fit. We don't want other people stealing our stuff. We don't want... Uh, we, we don't want violence uh, perpetrated against us or our mothers or our fathers or our children. And we want somebody that we can call on when that happens and we can trust them. And I don't know how we get back there because the way we're going is more toward the, this, this culture of we're going to embrace more lawlessness. And I, I don't see that fixing human trafficking. I don't see it fixing average everyday crime. I don't see it uh, fixing gun crime. I don't see it fixing the fact that here in Kenosha, Wisconsin, in two years' time here, this is the second time recently in two years that a Bradford High School student student murdered another Bradford High School student in our own community at a school that I went to that I never thought that that being in that environment was was unsafe or that it would be an unsafe place to send my children. But there's so much that needs to be done with, with all of it. One of the things that we have done really well in Racine, um, the Racine Police Department has um, adopted community policing. And I think community policing really does work on that relationship. It puts officers into communities. It lets them get to know the neighbors. The neighbors get to trust the police officers. Um, It seems to work really, really well in Racine. And one of the things that we've really been doing is Racine police um, take a very victim-centered approach to human trafficking. Um, They do not arrest what we call, quote, prostitutes at all. Um, they really do want to build that trust. What about the Johns? Are they arresting them yet? Because it doesn't seem like that's happening. Yes, it does. It does. It does. Um, you know, we work on proactive undercover efforts to recover victims of human trafficking. So our focus is on recovering the victims themselves. That's the number one focus. The number two focus is, um, you know, getting the pimps, getting the traffickers off the streets. So- but the pimps are... Honestly, and I'm not I'm not saying this in a complimentary fashion. They're in business to make money. Absolutely. And if you cut off the demand, and that's really not being focused on because let's face it, the demand is coming from people a lot of times that are considered pillars of their community, people that you wouldn't think were were, were doing these sorts of things. Uh, you know, the Robert Crafts of, of the world are, are are getting a pass on this. Hello, Brian. What's that? Oh, I think some of the yeah, the smaller departments, and I'm, no, Racine's not a small department by any means, um, but I think a lot of the prostitution or human trafficking, you don't see that out in the street level as much anymore. Well, the internet, pe- the internet well, has made it easy bingo, to hide. Yeah. Because people are afraid to solicit solicit a prostitute, uh, prostitute in case it's an undercover police officer because they do do things like that or have in the past. I don't know sure. if they still do that anymore. Like I said, I've been retired for a few years. But you, you're right, Ralph. It's the internet. Or the back page of some magazine, and that's where these people tend to go now. And, you know, back page got shut down by the federal government, but there's, there's just new ones coming up. Uh, after the break here, we're going to have uh, Congressman Stile in, and uh, we're going to talk about the legislation that's supposed to be cutting off the funding for the traffickers and how that is going to help. So in a few more minutes here, we're going to get real with Ralph after this break. Hi, Ralph Nudie here for Success Realtors, brokered by EXP and host of the radio show Get Real with Ralph. Are you considering selling your home or simply curious what your home is worth? 
This market is rapidly changing, and some neighborhoods are going up faster than others. I would like to give you a no-obligation value report and my hot tips for selling quickly. Go to my website, 262homevalue.com. That's 262homevalue.com. Go ahead and input your property address as well as sharing your email and phone number with me. And don't worry, we never share our customers' information. You'll either hear from my partner, Ben Gentile, or myself personally. And if you have any other real estate needs or questions, you can call Ben or myself directly at 262-656-7171. That's 262-656-7171. And we're back at Get Real with Ralph from the studios of WLIP 1050 AM in Kenosha and simulcast on YouTube at GetRealWithRalph.com. That's GetRealWithRalph.com. And please go to GetRealWithRalph.com to see experts from previous shows, all the music from our shows, all of the previous interviews with guests. You can watch the entire show. That's GetRealWithRalph.com. Please make sure you go subscribe, like, share it so that we can continue to grow our show. And on the phone with us, we have our Congressman Brian Style, who has recently uh, co-sponsored H.R. 2149, which is a bill aimed at cutting off the funding for human trafficking. Brian, are you on the line with us? I'm on. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being on, Congressman. How are you? I'm doing pretty well this evening. How are you guys? Good. How's the weather uh, out there in, in, in the Beltway? Is it better than it is back here in, in Kenosha? I just got in back to work uh, tomorrow. I'm home all, all every weekend. So I was, I was home, enjoyed. It was a beautiful uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then uh, back here uh, to kick off the week. And so rainy out here, uh, but it's always better back in Wisconsin. Well, of course it is. Of course it is. Tell us a little bit about this um, HR 2149 and how it is going to really have an impact on the human trafficking, I, I'm going to call it an epidemic that's going on, uh, not just in the world, or not just in our country, but definitely in the entire world. Well, so is I took office, I spent a lot of time trying to travel around uh, southeast Wisconsin, talking to people about, you know, what are the issues that we're seeing day in and day out? Um, and I've heard time and again, uh, and you know this, but you know, is is the, the epidemic that is human trafficking. Uh, you know, you talk to Sheriff Beth, you talk to law enforcement across uh, southeast Wisconsin, you hear it time and again. As I said, all right, where is there an area where we can sit down and work together, Democrats and Republicans coming together uh, to address this? Um, and what this bill does in particular is it holds countries accountable uh, as it relates to <clears throat> as it relates to illicit financing. And so some pieces, you know. So is this like a patriot? Is this like a patriot act for human trafficking? Almost, would you say that's a good way to explain you're it? You're kind of heading in that direction, right? So we need to know when countries that apply for foreign aid uh, that they have that they're standing with the United States as we try uh, to go after those that are profiting off of this human trafficking. And so we do that as it relates to kind of the war on terror that countries are standing with the United States. We do that as it relates to drugs. Uh, we need to be doing that as it relates to the illicit financing of human trafficking, that countries are doing their part to prevent these large international criminal gangs from actually profiting uh, off of the trafficking of persons. Now, have your advisors that, you know, obviously help you when you're when you're writing these bills, have they pointed to any examples of 
specific criminal enterprises or specific countries that they think we can have an immediate impact on if this bill is implemented? Well, what this bill is going to do is it's going to it's going to bring everybody to the table and say, what are you doing? And so we have our suspicions as to where the problems are. But this is going to say, if you want U.S. foreign aid, we want to know what you're doing uh, to clip out that international funding uh, and that the financing where people are actually profiting. My view is always if you go after the money, you're actually going to get to the root cause of the problem. I believe I believe that wholeheartedly, I, and I believe the flip side is true. If you follow the money, you'll find the genesis of just about any problem in our society. Uh, what impact do you think this legislation will have specifically in southeast of Wisconsin and our local efforts here, uh, such as uh, uh, Carrie Hemming has been talking about here as far as uh, targeting and uh, combating and uh, reducing and hopefully eventually eliminating human trafficking? Well, so as you know, this, you know, the human trafficking is a big umbrella where there's lots of things that fall under it. Sometimes, uh, you know, it's a, it's a local uh, girl or woman, uh, you know, who's in high school, maybe in Kenosha, uh, who gets pulled into it. Sometimes it's these large international criminal gangs that are actually going and recruiting from low-income countries and then taking those individuals uh, and bringing them into our communities. It was only a couple of weeks ago that the U.S. attorney uh, located in Milwaukee uh, indicted a criminal gang that was trafficking individuals. Uh, there were farm laborers uh, up in Racine County. Yeah. Uh, so we're seeing it right here in our home areas. Uh, and this bill goes after you know one piece of the broader puzzle, uh, which is the international uh, money laundering piece of it. But we all need to do our part. I mean, it's got to be, you know, sometimes it's your high school counselor maybe or your high school teacher. Sometimes it's local law enforcement where it crosses state borders. Sometimes it's the FBI. And then where it's these international organizations, we need to go after them you know, from a national perspective uh, and try to really restrict their money. But all of us working together can have a real impact. That's, that, that's fantastic. Kerry, do you have any, do you have any questions for uh, Congressman Style or uh, Vic? Do you, do, you have, do you have anything you want to add, comment, ask? Well, I did want to say thank you, Congressman Style, for bringing this subject up and creating a national conversation yet again on it. You know, human trafficking is a $150 billion industry, and it's the fastest rising criminal industry in the world. So I'm very um, excited and pleased to see that it's becoming a national conversation again. And I absolutely agree that you follow the money and you find the crime. You're, you're, you're right. You follow the money, you get the crime. And I think there's a real importance of raising our awareness um, of this issue across the board, that awareness uh, can also help us uh, root some of this out where it might be occurring uh, right in our communities. And if we aren't aware, uh, we might not see it and be able to intervene. Well, that sounds like pretty good local uh, support here uh, from, from the Racine Police Department. How, how has the local reception been to the bill otherwise? You know, we've had a, a great response. Uh, you know, you look at the Wisconsin delegation from you know, Gwen Maurer and Mark Pocan, Democrats, to Jim Sensenbrenner uh, or Sean Duffy, Republicans, the entire Wisconsin delegation has signed on to this bill. Um, you know, I've been working on this kind of day in and day out, and I, I talk to my colleagues, um, you know, and we're now up to 30 co-sponsors. Uh, we're going to continue to work and to add into the total number of co-sponsors with the, with the goal of getting this put into law, uh, you know, as quickly as we can. What do, you, what do you anticipate the time frame is for this uh, getting to the president's desk? Well, you, you, you know, it's, it's going to be a matter of hard work. And so we, my kind of step one is to continue to build up the co-sponsors to this. 
What are the what are the what are the hurdles? Who's who's against uh, cutting off the financing for human trafficking? That's what I'd like to know. You know, the, the probably the biggest hurdle is uh, you know getting everyone's attention uh, to the problem. Uh, you know, before people sign on to a bill, they want to read it, they want to learn about it, and so that takes my time and effort, and uh, that's what I enjoy doing uh, is going around talking to my colleagues about this. Well, maybe uh, maybe maybe they can take support. maybe they can take a break from investigating Russian collusion and uh, <laughs> get to some real problems. That would be kind of cool. Uh, do you have any other plans or other legislation in the future that you plan on uh, uh, introducing on this issue? So I'm always looking at opportunities where we can be impactful. Uh, one of the things that I've been looking at right now is uh, as Congress goes through the process of uh, setting out uh, our spending uh, for the years ahead. Are we properly funding um, some of this ability to go after human trafficking? Uh, and so I'm looking into that right now, um, and that's probably maybe the next step is to make sure that we're properly funding our law enforcement community to be able to go after uh, this problem. Well, thank you. I, I want to say, first of all, I just want to give you a pat on the back for making the very first bill that you sponsor as a freshman congressman something as important to our society as this uh, instead of jumping onto something that might be you know a little more sexy or a little more political and I, and, and I know that it's not getting points uh, in the beginning because so few people are aware of this problem and and that's why I'm working very hard with with uh, great folks like Carrie with with Vic with Betsy aid who is our you know our local celebrity recently uh, who've all agreed to to really help not only raise awareness but but raise money. We're going to be doing a uh, all-day music festival on September 28th that is actually going to support a group called Operation Underground Railroad. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Tim Ballard and his organization, but uh, he was a former DHS agent, and prior to the DHS being formed, uh, being formed was an FBI agent, and he quit his job when he realized that he wasn't able to do enough and started this organization that actually goes in with armed jump teams and rescues children that have been trafficked in foreign countries where the consumer, unfortunately, for these children are, are American men. And so I'm trying to bring as much attention to this repulsive practice all, all the way around as possible. And for, for you to jump in and make this your first bill, I, I just got to, you know, I, I got to applaud you. I, I, I can't think of a better way to make a positive impact on the world in a, in a time when everybody is demagoguing every issue and looking to score political points instead of actually looking to solve problems. So my hat's off to you, sir, for that. And uh, hopefully if you look at your calendar and you can be around on the 28th of September and we could talk later, I would love for you to come and, and, and talk. There's going to be a lot of great musicians there and uh, a lot of great people there to support that cause. But I think that this is just the beginning of really making us aware that slavery exists in this country in a, in a bigger way than it did when slavery was legal. And we really ought to be working together to eradicate that first and foremost before we start arguing over the same issues that we've been arguing over for the past 50 years that are never really going to get solved. Because everybody can agree, this is an egregious assault on humanity. Yeah, if, if we all work together, we could really have a, a real serious impact on this problem. Awesome. Thank you, Congressman Style, for calling in. Hope to talk to you again in the future. You're welcome anytime here on Get Real with Ralph, anytime you're, especially when you're working on behalf of the people that can't work on behalf of themselves. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you. That was Congressman Brian Style, the freshman congressman from 
Kenosha, Wisconsin, who is sponsoring, co-sponsoring HR 2149 with a bunch of other Democratic and Republican congressmen. While it's a really kind of a, a strange thing to hear about real bipartisanship and no bickering, but it's this is for children, and uh, I, I think that uh, these are the things we need to applaud, and I don't care what letter of the alphabet is next to a man or woman's name who is willing to work on behalf of this. This is, this is important work, and uh, you know, that, that's, that's, that's heroism. Uh, you, you two are heroes. Uh, you know, that, that's heroism in, in my book is when you really start putting your heart and your, your soul into uh, helping the people that really, really need to be helped. Uh, did either of you have any anything you wanted to add about about this bill? Because we're gonna we're gonna jump to our starving artist segment next, which is a little more lighthearted. Starving artists, I feel bad for, but not as bad as traffic victims, obviously. <laughs> I don't have anything else about the bill itself, but I did want to mention um, if anybody really wants to see an amazing awareness piece on human trafficking and really what it looks like here in southeastern Wisconsin, well-known strangers did a great video to the song "Voices." Um, you can find it on YouTube, but that. That video really does spread a lot of awareness and really helps people kind of understand what this looks like on a, on a local level. And thank you for bringing it to everyone's attention. As a matter of fact, the voice of song is on my playlist from last week's episode. So if you go to GetRealWithRalph.com and you look for our shows and episodes last week, Betsy and the Well-Known Strangers were here. They played an acoustic version of it that was magnificent, but I also have on that playlist, I believe, the video that Mr. Vic Sarah over here uh, conceived of and, and directed for the Well-Known Strangers. Yeah, that was my little piece of history with Well-Known Strangers. And just another side note, Carrie played plays uh they play that video in a lot of the high schools in Racine. Carrie, you might want to just uh, talk about that really quickly. We do. We use this video a lot actually in our awareness and our training and our curriculum. Um it's just so impactful. It's it's not only a great song, it's a really well done video. Um hats off to Vic because he really was the he was the mastermind behind it. His directorial debut. His directorial debut. Um you know it's it's just such a great piece. We really do appreciate it and it invokes a lot of emotion in people and people see this and they just become floored because a lot of people don't realize that this is happening in their backyards. It truly is it truly is an awful thing. All right, with that, I think we need a little music. You want to play a little music over there, Jimmy? What do you got? What do you got for us that can make us kind of bounce back from, Bounce, from this? Bouncing back. Bouncing back. Again, throwing me curveballs. Uh, curveballs. Y- you know, it's uh it's okay. It's all right because I was uh just looking at some of uh the music we had from last week. Yeah. And I'm hoping that I can call something up here. Well, yeah. You know, if you could, if you could call up voices, I mean, that's, uh, this, 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 that's, that's kind of the plan right now. This is the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only James Selovich. It it sounds like, you sound like a crew member from the star, from the Starship Enterprise when I say James, it almost sounds like James T. Kirk, James Selovich. You you can call me Captain if you want. Captain. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Captain S. Well, you know, I did have a nickname that I earned with my family when I was on a boat one day. I was King of the High Seas, Captain A-Hole. That's what they called me. Not to be confused with Captain A-Who from Moby Dick, but Captain A-Hole, King of the High Seas. And, uh, you know, the, the story goes, I was actually trying to, what us Italians call, make them a shot. So that's when you fix two people up together with my... Um, my brother-in-law and my goddaughter, and they weren't talking to each other, so I made them give up their cell phones and put them in a baggie, and I drove the boat as recklessly as possible with the intention of getting the two of them wet so it would break the ice and they'd start talking. And uh, okay. they're actually getting married this October, and so that stems from 
her ending years in high school all the way to his final year as a uh, med student. So enough about my own boring life. Here's, here's Voices with Betsy and the Well-Known Strangers. And after that, we're going to go to the break. And when we come back, we're going to have our musical guest uh, for this week here in the office. Okay, and we are back here in the studios at WLIP, AM 1050, Kenosha, Wisconsin. You're listening to Get Real with Ralph, and I am your humble host, Ralph Nudy. You can also listen, streaming live on YouTube at GetRealWithRalph.com. That's GetRealWithRalph.com. We're going to be going into the top of the hour, but before we get to the top of the hour, we do have our musical guests here today. And uh, we have with us Kai Anderson and Elizabeth Byshank, who are a lovely couple here. Yeah, Hello. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Good. How are you? Good. Can you hear yourselves okay in the mic, too? I can check, check, yeah. check, okay, check, check. All right, go. they're here. And uh, so they've got a little, they've got a little group called Spare Animals. Is that correct? That's, That's right. right. Okay. And uh, you, is that just the two of you, or do you have a, a, a larger band that you uh, play with as well? Or Right now, we usually just perform as a duo. Got it. Um, okay. For big shows, we know some people around the area. We can pull a few favors. But for, for most of the time, it's the two of us. And where are you, uh, where are you typically playing? We're playing all around uh, Wisconsin, southeastern Wisconsin, Illinois. Illinois. We play down... Uh, near Gurney, down uh, Vernon Hills, a bunch of places down there. Schaumburg. Gotcha. Now, Jim, I got all the way till the top of the hour to to, to shout out, right? You you have you have four minutes and forty seconds. I have four minutes and forty seconds, which gives me one more minute to talk about you and gives you three minutes to play something as we go into the break. How does that sound? Nice. Yeah, I'm 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 learning on the fly, and I'm not shy to tell our listeners that I don't know jack about radio yet. Uh, I just know how to run my mouth. That's why I'm here. That's why Jim's here. Jim knows about radio. I know how to run my mouth. I've always been told that I'm good at running my mouth and not much else. So I don't know why it took me so long to get into radio. You know, it took me 40, almost 47 years to, to break into we my now, life's we passion now, here. We now have four minutes. We now have four minutes. So with that, Spare Animals, what are you going to play for us, Spare Animals, on the way out? 
We're going to play a song called uh, Fortunes or None. Fortune, is this an original piece? This is an original song. Okay. Fortunes or None by the Spare Animals. And uh, we're going to go into the break with the Spare Animals. When we come out of the break, we're going to talk with them a little bit about their experience as local musicians. Here you are with the Spare Animals live here in our studio. Jim, I'm cold, man. I'm cold. I want to be hot. So that, that is that was amazing, guys. That was yeah, amazing. Yeah, Kai yeah, Anderson, yeah. Elizabeth Byshank, Spare Animals. What was the name of that song again? Fortunes are none, and you can check it out at spareanimals.com. Spareanimals.com. So, so you can download that song for free, actually. So it's spare animals. What happened to the spare. other animals? I mean, it's just it's animals left on the side. We're open to talk about that. Yeah. We are definitely, definitely going to have to talk about yeah, we that. Got, we got 40 seconds here. We got 40, 40 seconds. seconds. Can you tell us in 40 seconds how you become the scare animals? Yeah, it's not that exciting of a story, actually. So we live out in the county. There's a lot of uh, animals like squirrels, skunks, rabbits, all kinds of animals. And uh, one of our neighbors was giving like all these animals uh, like leftover food, and they were like burying it in our yard and bringing it all over, and it was attracting all these animals. And Elizabeth said, it's attracting all the spare animals in the yeah. neighborhood. And I thought that was just the funniest way to put, you know, put it. I like that. And That's I was like, good. that is a great band name. We need to be called the spare animals. Yeah. But sometimes people think we're like an animal rights group or something. Yeah. Fantastic. We'll be well, back. if you're an we'll animal rights group, I think this. the last thing you call is...
coming in with a little bit of Dr. John for all of you other funk lovers out there. I'm a funk lover. Can't help it. We lost, we, lost a, we lost a good one. We did lose a good one recently. Yeah, Dr. John. This is my theme song, I think. You know, always almost getting it right. But now we're just getting real. In the right place. Wrong Being time. In the right place at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah, I've been in the right place at the wrong time lots of times in my life. You're listening to Get Real with Ralph. I am your humble host, Ralph Nudie, broadcasting to you live from the studios of WLIP 1050 AM Kenosha. We're able to say that at least for a while longer, AM 1050 Kenosha. I hope we get to say that for a long time, but uh, it looks like the, ma- the majority of the studio is going to be moving to Gurney uh, after, after this year. Uh, but right now I'm broadcasting live from Kenosha, a little Dr. John, and uh, we've had some great guests here today, and we're adding a guest to our panel here, Kathleen May, and we're going to talk with her a little bit more as soon as we get done with the spare animals. Speaking of which, we got a roving spare animal right now. Uh, that's Kai. Where, you got to keep track of your man. What's going on? Where's, where's Kai? You got a spare animal on the loose. We got a spare animal on. We got a spare animal at large. Time to call animal control. Your first album is going to have to be at large. Animals at large now. What do you think of that? Uh, that's that's an interesting take. That's for sure. Yeah, so, Kai, so Kai is at large. You got something you can play for a solo while we're waiting oh, for Kai? No. No. <laughs> Solo, we can't hear it. There's a song well, right there, Kai on the Loose. Kai on the I'm, Loose. I'm getting on writing it right now. You're getting it ready. Here he is, Kai Anderson, the spare animal has entered. Kai has entered the building. How are you doing, Kai? I keep turning my, my headphones and thumping it right into my microphone because I'm stupid when it comes to radio. I'm brand new at this stuff. So, uh, but we're, we're coming along. Did you notice I keep doing that, Jim? Yes, I did. I don't, I mean, I'm just not used to my head being this big. <laughs> okay, I don't know you that well. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about the one on top of my shoulders there, you, you, you sick maniac. I wasn't you. talking about anyone but. <laughs> All right, so we now have Kai back, so we have the other animal at large is back, so now we are back to the spare animals, and uh, they are kind enough to open up, and go ahead and keep me... Cu- Keep me hot, Jim, because I'm going to move the mic over to Kai gonna, as well. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. still on. It's still on. So uh, keep me hot, and uh, Kai, and... Uh, what's, the, what's the next song you guys are going to yeah, play? Yeah, what are you guys playing? This song is called Count Paris. Count, Count Paris. Paris. Count yeah. Paris, and what's the uh, meaning behind that, Count Paris? What is that? Uh, Count Paris was a, uh, a minor character in William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Of course he was. Paris. Sweet. All right, here we go. One, two, one, two, three, four. Just been a man and she was standing on her 
outstanding you know i just got done directing uh at the roadie center for the arts the comedy of romeo and juliet oh, kind right of on. sorta nice. so that's right oh, it's, it's my year of romeo and juliet it's my year right of on, it's yeah. my year of shakespeare this romeo, year romeo. when you said count paris right there i thought <laughs> Where yeah I that's romeo. right yeah. paris he was the jilted one he's the one that's supposed to marry her <laughs> that's right and, that and, was, uh, and killed himself that's a happy song yeah <laughs> that was that was uh yeah Am I here? Oh, here yeah, I am. Here. I, I was missing from the conversation. Hey, I get a tambo credit on that one, though, right? If you go big, yeah. right? I was going to tell you, Ralph, like uh, like tattooing, uh, tambourine should probably be left to the professionals. Wow. <laughs> 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 well, was it that bad? It wasn't that bad. Was it? <laughs> well... As, well, uh, that's maybe, why I stayed very far away from the microphone. If you're going to compare yeah. it with Tracy from the Partridge family, I mean, I think you might have... Uh, you're already like third best in Kenosha, so. <laughs> <laughs> to make me happy. Yeah, see? There you go. You guys have no idea what we're talking about, do you? No. Yeah, I brought no, up. No, no, I, I brought up uh, Dire Straits Money for Nothing because uh, the guitar uh, over here that. Um, that Elizabeth had looked a little bit like the Money for Nothing mm-hmm. guitar, the Dire Straits. Well, Dire album Straits cover got guitar. a Romeo and Juliet song, Romeo and Juliet. Oh. Awesome tune. Listen to it. It's, it's classic. We keep coming back to that same theme. I, you know, just, uh, it's, it's there. That's all I can say. Which family are you from? <clears throat> Which are you a Montague? Well, I was the director of the play, so I really couldn't uh, um, take either side. Yeah, you can't take sides when you're the director. No, yeah. no. Yeah, absolutely just, uh, not. Just, uh, just kept telling them, just remember your lines. That's all I said. So we got another one here, and uh, this one's a very serious song that there is no tambourine music. It's supposed to be even remotely near that. So, uh, but we're going to hear. Uh, what, Let's get a tune up real quick. You got a tune up? Yeah. You know, a tune up means something totally different in law enforcement circles than in music circles. And you're listening to Get Real with Ralph here on <laughs> AM 1050 WLIP. That's as real as it gets, folks. You don't want to Every get tuned Sunday up. from 8 to 10 p.m. Or GetRealWithRalph.com if you want to catch it after the fact. There you go. Make sure that you subscribe. Make sure that you like. Even if you don't like my tambourine playing, you have to like the overall video. That way we can just keep growing this thing. We have fine sponsors of the show as well. We have fine sponsors. We are sponsored by the success team brokered by EXP Realty. Uh, which happens to be my business partner and myself. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's always great when you first start this and, you know, both your listeners are sponsoring you. Uh, but we, I think we're growing that. I th- if we double in size every week, I'm happy with that. There we are. So we should be up to there like eight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but with that, we got the spare animals here. Is, are that, going to... is that listeners? or? Uh, yeah, well, eight, ten. We know. might be maybe double late, you know, maybe... We're approaching triple figures. If you're liking the show, guys, go go to go to facebook.com forward slash Ralph Nudie. Go like my page. Make some comments. Give us some encouragement so we know that we're not completely jazzing this thing up. Uh, or go to getrealwithralph.com, which takes you directly to our YouTube channel. 
I put a domain in front of it. That way you don't have to search so hard. Just get real with Ralph.com. And you can subscribe to the channel, hit the little bell, and when you do that, it'll notify you when new episodes drop because we're simulcasting the show live on Sunday nights, but then my wonderful video producer, Raynell, over there in the corner will take and strip out the music acts and the little interviews and the cool little excerpts and uh, and YouTube it. So you got like one, two-minute excerpts so you don't have to sit and listen for the whole two hours if you heard something you liked and you wanted to hear it again or, or play it back for a friend. So I'm probably over-explaining technology, but... I, our audience is as, at least as old as me, so I think I have to give a little more explanation. But with that, we got the spare animals here, Elizabeth and Kai, and they're going to give us one more, what, and then we're going to jump into our next subject. What's the next tune, Kai? So this song is called Kind of Evil, and it's a true story about a girl that I dated. And you know what she turned out to be, Ralph? Kind of evil. She turned out to be a Satanist. Yes, you're right. Ooh. That's not kind of evil. By accident, she turned out to be a Satanist. How do you accidentally become a Satanist? I don't know, man. You have to ask her. This song's called Kind of Evil, though. <laughs> Here we go. Kind of Spare Evil. Spare animals. Spare animals. Just won't die. That kind of evil 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 just won't die. That kind of evil
Wow. Gosh. That was a... Uh... That was a fun song. Oh, Thank you. From yeah. From Guy's ex-girlfriend. That's you know. Uh, it wasn't even a metaphor. A little bit. <laughs> Not even a metaphor. So a little so bit. is is that tattoo on her neck? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. The, the, the mark uh, of the beast. If you hang her by your ankles, you can see Herman Cain's nine 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 plan. <laughs> <laughs> That's optimism. Well, you know, I mean, six is upside down if it's on her neck. I mean, it just had to, you know, maybe there's some help for her. She it can, could be. It could she be could that. be a spokesperson, but she'd have to hang upside down. <laughs> Maybe she could get really good at it, become a gymnast or something. Or she could just do a cover-up tattoo. That's uh, true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kenosha Tattoo Company, my friend John Principe does free cover-up tattoos mm. for people who are victims of human trafficking oh. when they've had the brand mm. of uh, their their um, the gang that is uh, possessing them on. So not to uh, veer off into that subject again, but... Uh, John, I'm I'm sure you're probably out there listening because John was one of my first guests when we were doing just a podcast version of this show, and, and we had talked about it. And I thought that was a pretty incredible thing to do. So that is not a paid promotion. That's just a shout right. out to uh, John Principe over at uh, Kenosha right. Tattoo how, Company. How many uh, songs you guys have written? So right now we have maybe like ten or eleven okay. uh, new songs, but we're finishing up an EP where we're okay. uh, finishing up like five older that's my songs. Ne- that was my next question. Yeah, and that's what we're gonna. When, come when are we with looking next. for that EP? Hopefully soon. We have almost everything done. We just need a uh, bass guitar and some like you know piano and like random mm-hmm. other instruments on. It, then they'll and then all be done. Where are you recording? We're recording at this uh, guy, uh, guys, uh, Greg's uh, recording studio down in Gray's Lake. Fantastic. So that was a lot of G's. I was like, Is this your first guy, Greg, from Gray's Lake? <laughs> Greg from Gray's Lake. <laughs> Greg from Gray's Lake. <laughs> Golly. The G, the G yeah. studio. It sounds like a, like a car. The, yeah. Greg. Greg from Gray's Lake. Yeah, I need a little echo on that next time I do that. Greg from Gray's Lake. Yeah. Lake. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been playing together for how long? So we've been playing together since we started dating about uh, two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. I say. We started playing yeah. together about. About. And, yeah. And then uh, we started this. January, we went over, we were playing under a different band name, and then we officially went to Spare Animals. So do you guys buy each other, like, corny anniversary cards that say, like, we play great music together? And all that? <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's too, we're not that corny. I mean. yeah. But you are fantastic musicians, and Thank you're fantastic you. together. You really, there, there's some good chemistry there. Thank you. I can Thanks see for it. having us. And uh, I'm glad that, what do you guys do for day jobs? Because I know that you're not making a living as musicians yet, although you should be, because you're very talented. But well, what do you do for a living? I am definitely not making a living as a musician, but I am a musician full time. Uh, I don't have a backup plan. I have uh, uh, job killing tattoos. Yeah. You burned your boats, so as uh, have, yeah. Washington well, you, said. You've been at he it a long time, too. Uh, host yeah. Open mic yeah. in Kenosha every Fusion. Tuesday. Yeah, over at Fusion, open Tip, mic night. Tipsy Tuesdays. Yeah, that's right. right. If you haven't yeah. been over to Fusion, and again, this is another free promotion, but uh, oh, if no, you haven't been to Fusion, it's a great place to go here. Anyway, here. So yeah, a great place to go here, new, new, new artists that are trying yeah. out their craft. Yeah. Uh, you, we've it's got a great gr- room. It's a really great room. I've done stand up there, I've done some improv and some comedy there. Jim, you don't stand up. Like me, you can't stand up. Yeah, <laughs> stand up when you say that to me. Um, and it really is a great room. It, 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 I mean, Don's done such an amazing yeah. job with that place. Oh yeah, we saw the before and after. Oh my God, I used to go in there so when it used to be a record yeah. store. You know, yeah, it was a record store and head shop. Yeah, yeah. Head shop yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I was there as a head shop, but I just happened to pop in there for the records. That, that was back when, it was, uh, when we were growing for, up. It was, was Grand was Central. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For the records. Well, then there would just be one sweet dream next door to it, but. Um, so That's a long time ago. Are you, uh, are you doing a lot of you, – you're playing a lot of venues just in northeastern Illinois and southeastern yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, we're actually the, – the farthest we're going uh, pretty soon, we're going, we're going to be playing near Canada, this place mm-hmm. called Woodruff, Wisconsin, at this place called Rocky Reef Brewing at the end of the month. Ooh. And that's a long drive. It's like eight- or nine-hour drive. 
It's like I said, it's almost near Canada. It's a fun place. Basketball. You almost need a tour bus for that. Yeah, I mean, well, we have a we have like a mom mobile that we take around. So you need a you need a, you need a tambo player. I mean, you know, maybe you can teach me a few things. Yeah, I mean, you're hired. Uh... Sure, I am. <laughs> and maybe as a promoter, definitely not as a tambo player. Yeah. I don't even know if they called it tambo. I just made that up, but it sounded it sounded sexy. Okay. So uh, you are doing your, when's your EP coming out one more time? Our EP should be coming out by the end of uh, summer, early fall. And where can we find your music online? Uh, you can find us at spareanimals.com, uh, spelled exactly how it sounds, no funny letters or anything. Spareanimals.com. Uh, yeah, or uh, spareanimals.bandcamp. You can also directly download our song, Fortunes Are None. Fantastic. Well, you heard it directly from there. And uh, if you forgot all that and didn't hear it, go to GetRealWithRalph.com and just replay the episode and make sure you got your pen and paper handy. Mm -hmm. Or better yet, in the description of the video, I'll make sure I put the links in there. That would awesome. be even more helpful. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks. And, and any, an, any animal running around not in a group is a spare animal, right? <laughs> is that right. is that how that works, Elizabeth? We actually don't make any... Uh, yeah. We don't make any animal-themed merch because then people okay. just think we're like, yeah. this one guy walked by us one time and he saw our merch and we had like a little, we said like a little uh, sticker of like some animal and he just looked at it and he was like, nah, man, I eat meat. And he walked away. Here's how you, <laughs> we're like, yeah, so I, I know how you, for I know how you can pull it off. Here's what you do. Get a wounded teddy bear with like stuffing coming out of it. That way yeah. people, they're not visualizing an actual animal. They're That's virtually true. a stuffed animal. Yeah. So that would be cool, like a like you know, with like stuffing just coming out yeah. of it, and like the eye stitched over one where there's a button on one side, but like the the, the, but, cross the button hanging. Yeah, the button hanging off <laughs> of maybe it. Maybe six 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 on the neck or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tattoos that's, and everything. That's getting really deep. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have to hang it upside down though. Yeah. Well, thank you, Spare Animals, uh, for coming us, on. Uh, I'm going to ask you one more question. We are doing this event on September 28th. If your okay. schedule is clear, I would seriously like to talk to you about coming back and, and probably playing the acoustic stage there because it would be a perfect act for that. Oh, yeah. uh, it is all going. All the proceeds are going to go on September 28th down at Pinoya Park at the Band Shell to Operation Underground Railroad, which rescues children who are being trafficked all across the world. So cool. I would love to have you on as a, as a musical guest that night yeah, to help raise money for a really good cause. If we don't have a show, we'd love to play. Awesome, awesome. Thank you guys very much. The Spare Animals, everybody, give them a, give them a hand. We're going to go to a quick break, and then we're going to come back with Kathleen May. I was going to clean my room until I got and we are back on Get Real with Ralph from 1050 AM WLIP Kenosha and GetRealWithRalph.com with a little uh, So I Got High there. It is time for our Wisconsin Weed Update, which we are going to bring to you periodically as we have updates on the cannabis industry as it is developing across the world and across the Midwest and specifically how it is currently not developing whatsoever across the state of Wisconsin. Uh, I have with me Kathleen May. Kathleen May is with uh, Triska Lay Quality Solutions, and what she does is she makes sure that it is primo stuff. Now, what she really does is makes sure that the potency, the efficacy, all those fancy little buzzwords in the medical cannabis industry are being met to some sort of medical standards so that people know what they're getting 
in the states where medical marijuana is, in fact, currently the law. Is that, is that a good way of explaining it, Kathleen? You nailed it. That was, that was perfect. Great. I've had some practice because we've talked before a few times. So I have Kathleen. I have uh, Vic with as well as a former law enforcement officer. Love to hear his, his uh, views on, on this as well. So tell us a little bit about what's going on nationally right now in the last uh, a month or so because there have been a lot of changes in a lot of different parts of the country. So you are our go-to girl when it comes to uh, those updates. Well, currently there are um, 33 states that have some form of medical marijuana um, legalization and 10, well, soon to be 11 with uh, Illinois just legalizing, um, which will become effective in January of 2020 that have uh, adult use programs. Um, That's coming quick. Yes. And there is, and probably need hours to talk about this, but there is a differentiation between uh, marijuana and hemp, as everyone knows that um, in, in December of 2000. 18, uh, hemp became a federally legal um, plant, uh, which is also cannabis. So marijuana and hemp are both cannabis. Now, are so hemp the male plants? Is that what that is? Or? No, they're both, they're both cannabis sativa. They're okay. just, um, it's how they're, it's how they're uh, cultivated, okay. which uh, makes them different. So industrial hemp is exactly what it, what it's, what it says. It's, it's grown for industrial purposes. Like so, making ropes? Rope, textile, Hence yeah. the term, term burn a rope, right? Is that where they came pa- from? Paper. Paper, yeah, you paper. got it. It's actually a way more efficient way of making paper instead of deforesting the entire world. I can't believe that uh, more countries and more people haven't caught on to that as a really, really viable product for, for paper manufacture. Well, if we want to go way, way <laughs> back to when, you know, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago, um, or actually I should say when, when the, you know, the United States was being settled it was actually a law that farmers had to grow hemp. Yeah. So all, it's, all it's our forefathers had them. Yeah. So it's it, there's obviously a lot of. Um, so four score and seven years ago, our fathers got stoned beyond belief. Oh no, well, that was hemp. It wasn't. I was gonna say you can't get you can't get high on hemp. No. But anyway, I'll bet you many a a, a, a child have tried. I'm, I'm sure. I they mean, have. I tried oregano when I was uh, that age for crying out loud. Yeah, that doesn't work. No, no, it doesn't work. It gives you a really bad headache, makes you throw up. So there's a lot of confusion. Uh, to say the least, around cannabis, you know, in general. Sure. Um, but if we're talking about, you know, um, marijuana specifically, like I said, 33 states have medical programs. Soon to be 11 states have recreational programs. Uh, hemp is federally legal. There's a whole debate right now um, and confusion when hemp became legal as an agricultural commodity. Everyone assumed that CBD which is a uh, cannabinoid in cannabis. So THC and CBD mm-hmm. are your two main Both come from cannabis and not hemp. Right. Well, no, they both come. CBD comes from both marijuana and hemp, but the confusion is that most people think that CBD just comes from hemp, and that's not accurate. So with the legalization of hemp, uh, those that were manufacturing and continue to manufacture CBD products are under the assumption or were... Maybe they're a little bit more educated now, but assume that CBD products were legal, and that's not the case. Um, the FDA just held their first public hearing on that topic. So is CBD legal in Wisconsin right now? CBD is not legal. If it's extracted from hemp, but not if it's extracted I, I from... I don't think it's illegal yet. So if if you are a cultivator growing hemp and you and you process that plant, the naturally occurring CBD that comes from that process is legal. Okay. What's illegal, because the CBD amount 
mm-hmm. the concentration from that is super low. So to get the the medicinal benefits from CBD, the concentration has to be at a certain level in order to, for it to be marketable and usable. So what people are doing is they're purchasing CBD isolates, and you can get that. There's manufacturers mm-hmm. out there that are doing that, and they're adding it to their oil, and that is what is illegal, and that's what the FDA yeah. is looking to um, regulate. Well, it seems like every corner throughout uh, at least Kenosha, if you go down into Lake County, every corner has something that says we're now selling CBD. I mean, heck, even I notice on family video that is there. And while I'm a proponent of medical marijuana for sure, and I would say that I'm probably 90% of the way there when it comes to recreational I, I think that it sends a bad message when you just have every corner. It's, it's kind of like having every corner be a payday loan place or every corner having a, a you know, massage parlor. Now every corner has a CBD place. And I think what's happening is it's going to, it's going to hurt the industry overall, the reputation of it. Uh, and it's going to send the wrong message to our children. Uh, and, and that's one of the reasons that I think I'm for legalization is our children know they can't just go buy a bottle of vodka. Right. I mean, they, they know it's it's a legal product. Mm-hmm. It's not legal for me as, as as Joe 12-year-old or Joe 15-year-old or even Joe 19-year-old. They know that there are repercussions to, to drinking underage. Uh, what happens, I think, with, with, with marijuana, with recreational marijuana, is it's becoming legalized in lots of places. It's not legal here, but adults are using it at an increasing level because it's becoming decriminalized. And I think that's taking the fear of the stigma away from, from juveniles who think that is an absolutely harmless substance, which it, in fact, is not. Uh, it still, ha- you know, it, it has its effects, especially on a young developing mind. And then they're going out there and they're buying CBD from these run-of-the-mill places uh, and getting the CBD vape pens and interchanging them with the real deal so their parents don't know the difference. And legalization seems to me the clearest path to setting a point of delineation between this is acceptable for an adult, this is not. Well, and this is where, where I come in is and, and where I, you know, my background is in the pharmaceutical and medical device industry where everything is is regulated and you have standards and you have procedures. And that's what I'm doing in this industry is working with manufacturers to ensure that they're implementing proper procedures and standards so that the medication that's going out the door is, is safe. It's, um, you know, if they say it's a certain amount of, you know, the potency is, is on the label a certain amount, that it actually is that. Because there's a lot of bad actors, especially in the CBD space right now, because there is no regulation, at least Mm -hmm. on the marijuana side of it, in states that have legal programs, there's regulation. And the states that have um, adult use, it's still regulated. It's it's not like, even in the adult use uh, states, it's not like anybody can go into their dispensaries and just purchase. You have Mm -hmm. to either, some states are 18 and some states are 21. So there are still regulations around it. The thing with the the recreational or or the adult use... um, Programs, I try to use adult use rather than recreational. Um, that's a, I, I like that. That's a good distinction. I'm going to start using that myself. Well, adult seriously, use. Seriously. Same, with, same with marijuana and hemp. And it, it's, cannabis. it's all cannabis. So, right. Because a lot of people think cannabis implies marijuana, but it's actually both plants. So I try to use the terminology. I try to educate people on that. But um, the reason I'm more focused on the medical side of it is even in your adult use programs, even though there is regulation and there's, you know, again, not everybody can just go in and, and buy it. Your medical programs require testing. And, you know, the, so the end consumer is getting a safe product. Right. 
And even within that market, there's still some uh, ambiguity and bad actors. So mm-hmm. it's a very confusing industry. It, it really is. Unless you're extremely engrossed in it like right. I am, I, mm. it's very confusing. It sounds like it. And well, it, it, well, it, there's so, so many great, great uh, uses for hemp. And that's, you know, I mean, talk about the oils themselves. I mean, it's good for uh, inflammation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps uh, with, with skin, uh, skin cell generation. Use it, you know, on your body and, and things as such. I mean, wh- why is this, you know, why why are we why are we not using these, you know, why do we stop using these things? Right, and 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 this goes into the legality again right. with with I'll, I'll just focus on marijuana in particular, is because it's still a federally illegal substance. Um, you can't. The federal government isn't going to fund any clinical trials on it. So Correct. until that can not happen, not only illegal, but still classified as Schedule One, right, which exactly. really is an administrative action that could be undone tomorrow if there was enough uh, pressure to do that. So if they, if the only there's there's a process for a drug to be called a drug, and it has to go through clinical trials. There's mm-hmm. a ton of research out there on the on the uh, medicinal benefit of of cannabis. Are there any countries that are getting it done right when it comes to the research that the the data is, um, I guess the word I'm looking for relevant to what we are doing here? Israel is is a huge um, okay. leader in the in the research aspect of of cannabis. So what, what do you see are the biggest medical benefits, immediate benefits, where people are going to feel a lot of relief from the medical marijuana industry that uh, other more traditional, and I should say less traditional, honestly, because cannabis is a longer standing tradition, but more uh, medical industry traditional uh, treatments aren't, aren't doing as well? Well, I'm going to be very careful because, again, you have you cannot make any claims that that it cures anything. Even, so put the word know. allegedly before everything. Yeah. That's fine. We're we're going to allegedly talk about the alleged <laughs> use of cannabis. Yeah. Arguably, I mean, potentially. There's, there's plenty of research out there to demonstrate. Not to mention, you don't sell a product, so you don't have to worry about. No, it. I do not. <laughs> um, PTSD is a big one on the on the uh, marijuana side of things. Yeah. You know, there's a I've lot got, of. I've got a friend who has yeah. he came back from Iraq and Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and he's losing his. Is, is uh, you know guys in his platoon at an alarming rate of suicide, and how he ha- only way he can deal with it is through marijuana, and that just evens him out and keeps him even keel. And it's a shame that veterans can't have right. access to it because they could potentially lose their benefits. Um, on the CBD wow. side of things, really, you can lose your benefits. If oh yeah. It's- yeah, for sure. Wow. Because it's a federally illegal sure. substance. Sure, sure. But, I mean, I mean, veterans have uh, been treated for alcohol, alcoholism and other drug addictions for years, and they don't lose their benefits over it. They, they get help for it. Because so. alcohol is legal. Well, yes, but there are other drugs that they get they get sure. treatment for, and I don't think they've ever been threatened that they're going to lose their benefits as a veteran because they became, became addicted, for example, to an opiate because they had a chronic pain problem as a result of something that happened while they were a soldier. Exactly. To think that that's how they would be treated because they're using a less dangerous substance just really doesn't make any sense. And again, these are things that could be fixed administratively. You don't even have to get both sides of both houses to agree to it. You just need the FDA to be ordered to do it. So I guess uh, we need to put more pressure on our executive branch uh, in, in that area. Well, there's, of course, a lot of political red tape that goes with that, and there's a lot of pharmaceutical lobbyists that are, you know, doing their damnedest to make sure that, you know, that that doesn't happen. Sure, sure. It it will happen. It's just not going to be as quickly as we all would Mm -hmm. like it to be. Sure. So, and then on the CBD side, you know, um, seizures primarily in in children 
Um, CBD has been used, mm-hmm. you know. You always see that on TV. You know, you see some documentary or just child have a series, a series, a series of seizures mm-hmm. and just give a little bit of oil mm-hmm. and they go away. Or they're, they're not as intense or they're not as often. Right. It's amazing. It's just, what do you think the average everyday person can do to show support if they are supportive of it? And what do you think the average everyday person can do to educate themselves so they know it? Because I, I think there's probably a, a very large segment of the population that is really they're just not sure how to feel about it. Vic, you want to weigh in on that, being somebody who uh, worked in law enforcement? Um, weighing in on... On, uh, first of all, how, how do you feel about it? Personally? Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm so, not asking if you no, get high, don't worry. You can ask. That's fine with me. Um, uh, I might shock some people, but I'm... Only on days that end in a Y, right? Legalizing it. Um, I grew up, uh, my mother smoked um, most of my entire life. Um, I didn't indulge. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I did a little in high school, and I did... Smoke a little after I retired from the police department, but it's just not my thing. Sure. Uh, I have lots of friends that do, um, some medically and some just for entertainment. Um, Adult I can even go one step further and probably uh, piss a lot of people off by saying that I'm a little more of an advocate for leaving, legalizing all drugs. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just going to throw some stats at you. you yeah, wow, that's, that's, very, uh, that's, a bold, that's a bold statement. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. Okay, from 2013 to 2018... American taxpayers have fronted about $157.5 billion on drug control strategy efforts. Those efforts include like law enforcement, prevention, treatment programs, and other resources uh, dedicated to fighting the war on drugs. And that budget has risen uh, every year since it was established. Just alone, uh, housing our approximate 96,000 federal inmates for drug charges alone cost taxpayers $31 billion. Wow. A year. But these private prisons are cleaning up. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. So my pros for legalizing uh, all drugs, marijuana, cocaine, maybe heroin, alone if they were distributed commercially, higher taxes could be imposed on these items as the same range as like cigarettes or alcohol. And that would, um, that would, um, uh, the revenue would be in the billions and billions of dollars just alone in taxes. Uh, another uh, pro would be, it would reduce government expenditures. Expend, exped, no, expenditures. It's, all right. it's, it's live radio, too, so it, it's, <laughs> it's tough. Expenses from um, enforcing the drug laws, uh, reduce uh, court proceedings and prosecutions, mm-hmm. not to mention the huge savings alone and the sustenance of incarcerated inmates. So um, this will also lead to law enforcement being able to concentrate on more serious crimes, actually, if you ask me. Sure. So obviously people have cons for legalizing drugs. They say that the crime rate will raise or rise uh, due to the people doing more drugs and their clouded mind and committing more crimes. Well, I mean, the Women's Temperance, temperance Union made the same argument about alcohol. Yep. And let's face it, exactly. the highest level of crime ever associated with alcohol was when it was not legal. Yes. And, uh, you know, your name ends in a vowel. My name is in a vowel. <laughs> our, our culture has uh, been tarred and feathered uh, with, with the reputation of uh, young immigrant entrepreneurs coming to the, the land of, uh, of, of gold and opportunity only to find themselves uh, trying to figure out how to set up a whiskey still. Exactly. And uh, it's, it's part of Americana now. But it's, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's so obvious that once we went back to decriminalizing the use of alcohol that uh, the, the criminality that came along with it did, in fact, go away. 
And I wonder about the criminality aspect of social issues that I'm personally uh, I'm personally opposed to, but from a from from a law standpoint, I'm not necessarily yeah. sure that they should be banned. And you know, those include drugs, those include sure. prostitution, those include gambling, those include all of the uh, all of the things that the Godfather said was forbidden. No, forbidden I, I, by I, I the get Pensanovante <laughs> Church. Another con that people would talk about is the rise in fatality from drugs. I don't necessarily agree with that, obviously, because the government would make these drugs safer. You're not uh, ODing mm-hmm. on bad cases of heroin or cocaine. Right. Uh, people can still obviously OD. If you indulge in um, right. enough alcohol, you kill yourself. Well, there's a little more control. I mean, as far as with needles. Sure, and, exactly. And, and things as such. I mean, Cleaner, you know, safer. I mean, they've been doing that in, uh, where, in Amsterdam for mm-hmm. years. Exactly. In my lifetime, I don't suspect we'll see this happening, no, but marijuana, so. I would hope. Um, just as well, a start. And can you imagine how rich this country would oh, be right. if we saved $157.5 billion and then made billions and billions on the taxes? Right. Then we could uh, take care of the homeless. We can take care of our veterans. Yeah, we can even take, roads. yeah, fix a lot of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm leaning in that. I'm not mm-hmm. all for it. I'm not out there on the you know, bandwagon. Yet. Sure, sure. You're. Wow, I, uh, well, piss I, off I think, all I, my... I, think uh, I swallowed a cockroach or something here. <laughs> Ralph, I don't want to piss off all my police well, officer and, you know, friends. And, and no, no, and you know what? That, that's, that, that's the whole point of this show is starting to disagree with people that you love and like and, and respect and admire. Oh, my God, I sound like the Godfather still. <laughs> Jim, that was fantastic. Thank you. I, I am an actor. <laughs> Anyways, uh, back to now, that. Now, now marijuana has got such a bad rap. I mean, it goes back. Not if you like jazz. Decades. You know? <laughs> Not if you like music. When did this? I mean, you, you hear stories of William Randolph Hearst putting a smear campaign against marijuana because mm-hmm. he was against the hemp of making the paper. Isn't that what it was? Because he owned all the paper mills yeah. and he made his it's newspapers. It's all about money. It's all about money. All the money. So he just basically smeared what marijuana was all about. Well, there was a very interesting documentary on Netflix, and um, <clears throat> you may have noticed a common theme. I listen to Netflix documentaries from time to time mm-hmm. or watch them, but it was about the um, the reason behind illegalizing marijuana, and it was it was to target poor black people, and uh, it, it it provides a very interesting narrative or a very interesting theory on it that you can accept or reject out of hand the premise of that but if you watch it and i think it's called green or growing green or something like that on netflix it was produced by snoop of all people what a shock right (laughs) Uh, but but it talks about why and that it it was all purely political reasons that uh that it was made illegal Mm -hmm. now when you talk about other other drugs when you talk about heroin i don't know how i feel about that because uh I don't know anybody right. that died with a joint in their mouth or died because they had a right. joint in their mouth. But I, I do know people personally that have died with needles in their arms. And, um, you know, you did make the argument that having it cleaner, having it better makes a difference. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about a highly, highly, highly addictive substance. and Just I, like alcohol. I mean, as oh, a police officer, you know how many people I've seen sure. fight, get shot, get killed, domestic domestics, violence, uh, yeah, killed absolutely. in car accidents. I can go alcohol. on and on about alcohol-related stuff. When people smoke marijuana, I don't see a lot of that. When's Does it last, happen? Yeah, yes, yeah. but you, sure. you don't see it. You you most don't, people don't, are chilling on their couch eating a bag of Doritos. You, you, you don't see bar fights. I mean, when's the last time you saw two potheads fight over quarters on a pool table? You know, that would that be a really funny. Happen. That would be a really funny skit to do, like at a dispensary in Colorado, like two guys like, getting stoned and getting a, getting in a fight over a game of darts or pool. Because uh, I imagine it would probably end with them like singing songs right. together or something like that. 
But back in the day when they were against marijuana and that happened, I mean, it's just. Well, I'm going to sound like the total science nerd that I am right now. Awesome. but That's why you're here. Um, so our bodies physiologically mm-hmm. can't OD from cannabis. We don't have the receptors in our brainstem that we do for opioid receptors, which is why you don't hear of people ODing from cannabis. It will never happen. They can overuse and they can be in sure. a coma for a while. You can get really, really, like, really, and, and, really, yeah. really high for a long exactly, time. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean. The the quote-unquote deaths you, you would hear from a cannabis-related incident more likely is because that cannabis was, was contaminated mm-hmm. with, with, with fungus or, 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 or that, laced. Or that or, synthetic marijuana exactly. was going around. Exactly. Because so, the other stuff isn't available. Oh, exactly. that K2 yeah. stuff. I'll yeah. tell you what, that is some just awful, awful well, nasty then you got, stuff. Then you got a kid smoking a whole bag of it. And he dies. It's a glorified potpourri with 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 yeah. toxic substances in it. And I'll tell you what: if I found out that one of my kids was doing that, I would be far more concerned. Yeah, but you know, than people, if I caught him with a bag of buying it because guess what? It's not showing up on their urine tests when they go to work, and they're still trying to you know get that same type of feeling. Well, and this is this is another aspect of of why I'm in this industry and why I'm doing what I'm doing is education. Mm-hmm. Is there's so much misinformation out there about everything related to cannabis and um, you know aside from from what I'm doing from the manufacturing side of it and ensuring that products are safe is educating people just I get calls Facebook messages text messages all the time from people just asking you know random question just about the plant in general mm-hmm. or I mean so one of the things that that you know I, I've, I've done some speaking events just to educate on on the science behind the plant mm-hmm. Um, trying to keep it very, you know, not too much over people's head because it can get extremely complicated and confusing. But I think that's needed for consumers in particular because they don't know what they're purchasing. Mm-hmm. They're assuming that if a label says that it's it's okay, it's okay. And I can tell you right now that there's a lot of junk out on yeah. even even the the quote unquote legal CBD that's out mm-hmm. there. Oh yeah, there it's it, it's all. And it's being sold in gas stations. Mm-hmm. They got the under-the-counter stuff that's even worse. And, again, mainstreaming mainstreaming a substance that I wouldn't say is completely innocuous, but I would say it was relatively harmless. If you, if you put it in the same category as alcohol or tobacco, I would say it is at the same level as dangerous, where it's definitely not more dangerous, more addictive, or more detrimental to a casual user than either of those. In fact, I'd probably say less, especially if you're comparing it to tobacco which is designed to be addictive and designed to make you so you can't put that cigarette down and it's not cheap you know if you were if any of you have ever purchased any cbd oil it's 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 not inexpensive and oftentimes you know the label it'll say it's got a certain percentage of cbd in it and you know i'll have i'm like my friends send me the label let me look at it and i do the calculation i'm like there's nothing in there Mm -hmm. you just spend 80 dollars on basically nothing so Again, con- you know, educating the consumer on what they're actually purchasing is is critical um, in this industry. Uh, during the daytime show, uh, during Lenny's show uh, during the week, uh, Lenny has some people calling in because he had questions about CBD and what CBD was compared to THC. And I happened to hear it, and of course, you've educated me a lot since we started doing our podcast. So I, I took the liberty of calling in and explained to him that it is the non-psychoactive. Uh, cannabinoid that is present and that it is good for anti-inflammatory and pain relief, but it, 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 it's non-psychoactive, so it doesn't get you high. And he was really appreciative of that. But what I was surprised how many people really don't know the difference between the two. And uh, then, of course, you have all the misinformation because they just want to sell these junk products out there. So where's the best place to get really good, solid information on both CBD 
uh, and on uh, actual marijuana and, and what is good for and what is not good for. Not, not that we would encourage anybody to self-medicate without the direction of a physician, but if somebody just wanted to really kind of dive in and learn about it, where, where would you say they could get that information? Well, again, if you're like a science nerd like me and you want to read on the research part of it, um, PubMed.org is a, is a good website to go to. Um, there's a number of Leafly is, a, is probably a good source. Um, That's Leafly.com? Yeah. Um, it tells you where to buy weed wherever you're on vacation. No. I, I don't know why I know that, but I do. It does? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's any Airbnbs? <laughs> and I promise you guys, my voice like that, that was from imitating the Godfather. I was not out there smoking a fatty while uh, while, while you were Catholic coughing. Yeah, you put too much, you're putting, you're putting too much throat in his mouth. I, I thought you were going to throw a little, see, if you would have been really quick on the switch, you would have thrown a little black Sabbath sweet leaf out there right when I was doing that. But, uh, I, I'm not that quick. We're going to have to, we're going to have to sharpen up on this. I'm no kidding. <laughs> Thank we're you. We're going to have to have a production meeting. Yes. But, uh, no, just some, some really good stuff. I like the, the, the uh, you know, when somebody's going to ask me more, I'm going to say, well, you know friend of mine told me this is when you're talking about you know people who do you can't you can't od on cannabis is that correct no i mean physiologically you cannot od on physiologically you cannot od on cannabis right, right. you're just really paranoid well, well I, again on the strain well, i was gonna say we could have again we could we could talk for hours and hours yeah. on this and we i could, would and gladly talk for and hours and we're going and to because what, what i'd like to do is have you come back uh, probably about once a month i want to do a wisconsin weed update and right now it's the lack thereof but I think that the more we educate people on this, and nobody's really doing the heavy lifting on right. that, the uh, more informed, and people could be for it or against it. It doesn't really matter. But at least, yeah, at least you're making informed. You know, I, I if we can open decisions. people's minds to to accept it a bit more, and mm-hmm. it just doesn't have that, that's, you know, the older listeners that we may have, or or the people who really don't. Uh, understand it. You're smoking that devil's You're lettuce You're smoking over there. that weed again. That, 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 no, that, that stuff there is bad for you. Them kids was whacking in my trailer. <laughs> yeah, you know, Growing all in that. the backyard. But, yeah. <laughs> now you sound like my drummer at Well No Strangers, Roger Gower. <laughs> Just a shout out, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I want to thank both of you for coming on. Vic, this is your second week in a row. Pretty soon you're going to become a fixture on Get Real with Ralph. <laughs> You gonna be okay, Ralph? How do you like my new voice? Yeah, I like. You must be all this talk about smoke makes my throat tighten up as that, if I've been could, doing that, it. That could be. That could be. <laughs> oh yeah, much better water. A great product. I don't have any. I don't have any promos done for water yet. Do I bottle water? Uh, no. Uh, this is nice. It's the generic wal- Actually, uh, Walgreens it's, print. It's, it's from in there. I just refilled it. Ah, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, fantastic. A little vodka going on here. It's Sunday night. Why not? You know. Absolutely. I've been going out all weekend. Anybody want to go for drinks later? We're we're in we're in. As a matter of fact, I think that has to be part of the production. I'm I'm going to start announcing to the audience where we're going because uh, you know pretty soon all six listeners are going to want autographs. (laughs) (laughs) Next week we're going to have to put the rope out. Next week we're hoping for twelve. Yeah, we're just going to keep we're going to keep doubling that up. What do you guys? Well, think? and I don't know if at some point you know it, open it up because mm-hmm. to calls because yes. people have a lot of questions about yeah. a what lot I'll do of is things. With I'll announce a week ahead of time when you're coming next time, and I'm going to put a poll out there, and I'm going to give people the opportunity to email in questions yeah. because then we can you know if we have redundant questions where 20 people are asking the same question, we can get the most frequently asked questions out there. And uh, maybe we even have uh, people that want to actually speak about it. We'll have them leave their phone number so we can call them and have a little better screening process. What do you think of that, Jim? That's something we can pull off. I like that idea. Well, and I know there's a lot of cultivators and processors in Wisconsin, you know, 
in the hemp space that need guidance and help. Oh, I knew people that were cultivators in the hemp space, let me tell you. So, (laughs) hemp or marijuana? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) As long as it's done legally. It was ganjamon. Yep. All right. Well, that about gets us to the end of this episode of Get Real with Ralph, which is brought to you by the success team broker by EXP Realtors. Call myself, Ralph Nudie, or my partner, Ben Gentile, at any time for any real estate needs at 262-656-7171. And I can promise you that conversation will be completely independent of any hemp or recreational adult marijuana conversations. And with that, we got probably my personal favorite as we uh, take our bumper out and ride out with a little Tom Petty, Mary Jane's Last Dance. Thank you for tuning in to Get Real with Ralph. I'm your host, Ralph Nudie. Tune in next week, WLIP, 1050 AM, 8 to 10 PM, or GetRealWithRalph.com. Down